You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, ESPN Milwaukee Bucks reporter, and joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of Brew Hoop, Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I did not watch any basketball tonight. I was out with friends for dinner, and I was, as we discussed yesterday, very curious as to what the outcome of this Boston-Washington game would be because that was really kind of the big X factor in determining whether you know it was even going to be in play that the Bucks could finish eighth. And I, I guess it, you know again, like I'm, we can we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit here about the strategy of where the Bucks should try to finish and the scenarios and all this. Um, but I just want to avoid the eighth seed. I do not want to see the Bucks in the eighth seed playing the Toronto Raptors. That's my number one thing to avoid. Um, you know, we can also talk uh, as well about. Should the Bucks want to keep their pick this year, get it over with, and lose it? You know, which of those options is better? Um, I'm I'm in the give Giannis one more asset to potentially have over the next couple of years. Um, that's my camp. But um, but yeah, seeing Washington take care of business against the uh, the you know shorthanded Celtics kind of puts everything in play uh, on the last day of the season. And um, as the you know flag bearer for hashtag never trust the bucks <laughs> i feel a bit uneasy going into the last game of the season with the mere possibility that the bucks could still finish eighth which again is still not likely because you'd have to see the heat and the wizards win and the bucks lose but it's in play the bucks yeah. finishing seventh is in play the bucks finishing sixth is in play everything is in play uh eric you know uh well not finishing higher than six or lower than eight. that's not in play but um, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about is, you know, sort of still possible. And um, it's, you know, a, a season that is going to go to the wire. And uh, again, the way the Bucks have played all season, especially the way the Bucks have played of late with Giannis, maybe not playing, maybe playing. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty nervous, even though obviously the Bucks, we know that they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of interesting because... I think maybe heading into tonight, you were thinking, okay, maybe the the Sixers don't need to win that game, and you can just kind of, you know, figure out which what like everything is still up in up in the air, which is the big thing to me is that it like three and four haven't got decided yet either, which strangely enough affects the Bucks game because they are playing one of those teams. Uh, so it, it is, man, it's just kind of a, a weird spot to be in that there's not more, uh, something more definitive. I just, I just send out the, the shruggy text, the, the shruggy emoji, uh, before as I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's, it's a, it's a weird kind of spot to be in. So I guess let's, let's try to break it down up on top 
to start with. So uh, three, four in the Eastern Conference still need to be decided. Uh, the Raptors are the one seed. The Celtics are the two seed. Uh, the Sixers and the Cavs still needed to figure out uh, who is three and who is four. Uh, between those two teams, the Sixers are up by a game, uh, 51 and 30. At the moment, the Cavaliers are 50 and 31. Uh, tomorrow night, the NBA has scheduled um, almost every game at 7 p.m., uh, just three late games. Uh, so there's no way to get a time advantage. Like, you can't at the half be like, oh, this team's losing or this team uh, already lost or anything like that. Like, everyone will be starting at pretty much the, the exact same time. So no advantage to be had there. Uh, but I guess between those two, we figured out what is it that if they tie, the Cavaliers have the tiebreaker because they'll be the central division champs is that what we got yeah so we always kind of you know joke about divisions not mattering um and why do we even talk about divisions when really it's you know a conference sort of driven league um with playoffs and everything being driven by that but um but yeah i mean uh the tiebreaker between the sixers and Cavs is the division winner tiebreaker and the fact that you know the Cavs have the central tied up at or locked up at this point means that if they win and they are playing the knicks so expect if they try that they will win on Wednesday um that means that the pressure is on the Sixers to win that game against the Bucks. and again I mean Joel Embiid is out regardless so that's obviously something that helps the Bucks odds you know a, a fair bit but uh, the Sixers continue to win games I mean yep. they what won 15 straight games they continue to crank them out uh even with uh, Embiid on the sideline they won uh tonight 121 113 in atlanta so that's interesting because you know it is going to be a back-to-back so that is obviously something working against the sixers but i mean certainly the way the bucks have been playing uh Giannis has missed the last two games i, I don't I'm, i haven't seen anything official about if he's definitely playing if he's maybe playing what what the story is with yeah. Giannis. um but especially with you know the possibility of still falling to the eighth seed man um you know that's a tough spot to be you know i mean again like you'd want to take advantage of the fact that you you know maybe if you can rest Giannis, you do that but if you're you know if the decision is risk falling to the eighth spot or have Giannis play through a hopefully pretty much 100 percent ankle but maybe not um that's a tough spot you don't want to be going into the final day of the season with that but obviously this is you know the bed that the bucks have made for themselves and um, I think the other, you know, really interesting piece with the three, four incentives is, um, you know, you can kind of, I mean, there's a temptation to kind of say, well, you know, would either of those teams rather be fourth in order to play Indiana, which is locked up the five seed over pick whoever is going to finish sixth? Um, and, you know, like for instance, if, if the Sixers kind of lay down, they can pretty much pick the bucks as their opponent. Right. Yep. Um, Versus trying and, and getting, or sorry, um, or, or sorry, no, no, the opposite. The, I, I should I should clarify. The Sixers can pretty much guarantee that it's very unlikely that the Sixers and Bucks would play because if the Sixers win, they'll get the third seed, and the Bucks are going to need help in order to stay in the sixth spot because um, they'll need the other two teams to lose. So yep. the odds of a Sixers Bucks matchup are actually a lot lower than you might think, even though both teams are currently in the three six spots. So that's kind of like one angle of this. But you know, another piece of this is obviously second round matchups, right? And 
when you're a top four seed, you can actually afford to think about second round matchups and who you want to play. And obviously, if you're in the four spot, then you're aligning to Toronto versus if you're in the three spot, you're aligning to Boston or whoever mm-hmm. may beat Boston. So I think both the Cavs and uh, Sixers presumably would not just want to finish third because you know you're playing a team with the worst record in the first round. But man, how much how much more favorable does it look to get the winner of the Boston's whoever series versus having to play um, Toronto in the second round? I mean, I think that's yep. obviously a, a, a major factor out of all this. And um, you know, again, I I, I would expect the Sixers are going to come out and and look to cream the Bucks just as they've been creaming everybody else. And um, again, that uh, I I don't like the Bucks odds regardless of whether Joel Embiid is playing or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that half of the bracket, or at least that half of the imaginary bracket we just drew up, um, be way more attractive. Like if you can keep yourself in the 2-3 spot and keep yourself out of the Raptors in, in the second round, and again, it's not really that the Raptors are so fearsome, it's just that whoever is going to be that two seed or if it's going to be the Celtics or whoever beats the Celtics, like that's going to be a more attractive matchup uh, than the Raptors or the other team, whether it's, whether it's the Cavs or the Sixers and whoever is trying to pick between the Cavs and the Sixers, like that's just going to be more attractive to be on uh, the two, three portion of the bracket just because of the, the position that the Celtics are in right now. Um, I mean, I think you kind of watch each night, you watch a Celtics team attempt to figure out how to get enough points every night, right? Like Brad Stevens schemes him up and uh, he can do some creative things, but sometimes it's a little bit difficult. And uh, they're, they're young creators at this moment, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like those two guys, I mean, it's very likely that they could struggle in the postseason to score. Um, and Stevens will still scheme them up and they'll be fine defensively. But offensively, I, I think there's some question of who's scoring points for them. So I, I'd, I would agree. I think that portion of the bracket is much more attractive. Um, and I guess for the Bucks that means literally one thing, right? Like you said, avoid the eighth spot at all costs. Like you don't, you don't want that spot. Um, you kind of want that, that seven seat. You want to have that seven seat so you can get the Celtics. Um, but then at the same time, the pick comes into it. Um, and I mean, it, it, I guess let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, we can talk through exactly uh, what would happen with the Bucks um, if they win. They have the six seed. They have the six seed, and they keep their pick. If they lose, they could get the six seed, they could get the seventh seed, or they could get the eighth seed. Uh, two scenarios get them the seventh seed. One scenario gets them the sixth. One scenario gets them the eighth. So they'd get the eighth seed. Uh, if they lose in both Miami and Washington win, they'd get the sixth seed if they lose in both Miami and Washington lose. But if either one of them wins they get the seventh seed uh and then that would be kind of the scenario that we were talking about that on twitter today i mentioned as the best scenario that the bucks finish in the seventh spot and they would or i should say tied for the sixth spot 
They lose the tiebreaker, uh, and that puts them in seventh against the Celtics. And then, since it was a tiebreaker, also this summer, I think it's April 13th is the date they'll do a draft or a lottery or whatever you want to call it. They'll figure out some sort of tiebreaker to figure out who gets the pick, uh, and then you'd want to lose that so that you get the 17th pick. And then you get the seventh seed, you get to play the Celtics, and you get to keep your pick. And I... I referred to that as the best case scenario on Twitter today. And I know you ran a poll last week that would say kind of 50, 50 on whether or not you want to keep the pick. And I had some pushback. Well, from well, well, it was specifically, I think I asked, would you rather finish seventh and play the Celtics and lose the pick, which in that scenario is, you know, you can finish seventh as you were saying, and it, it's a 50, 50 bet. Then if you keep yep. the pick or lose the pick, because again, they'll have like a little ping pong ball, thing and, and they do broadcast this on nba tv i think i mean i watched it a couple years ago when the bucks had to do this when they were for lottery seating yep. um but this also is you know for tiebreakers outside the lottery and so um so yeah so if they finish my scenario was again it was sort of simplified it was seventh lose the pick um or sixth you know seventh lose the pick but play boston or sixth keep the pick but play and i said cleveland at the time Mm -hmm. um obviously at this point you know um philly there are scenarios where philly could be the third seed and the bucks could be the sixth seed i guess if um if philly beats them and miami and washington also lose in the bucks you know as you said can keep the sixth spot um or i think if the bucks beat the sixers and the Cavs lose to uh the knicks tomorrow then i think then also you could get a three six Cavs matchup but again you're you're betting on kind of multiple things happening <laughs> that would be unlikely, right? Yes. Um, so it's probably, you know, well, it's not probable, but, but yeah, so I, I actually, I, so I asked sort of a similar thing, basically like pick, no pick, favorable opponent, less favorable opponent. And it was like 1800 votes and dead even 50, 50 wow. between the two, which I found funny because also in like the replies, some people were like, Oh, this isn't even a question. How could anybody choose? <laughs> you know pick whatever like and people were very firm one way or the other yeah. and it was you know some people because they don't want john horse to have more draft picks and they want to you know just lose the pick they figure let's lose the pick now and you know some future gm can can keep a pick um others wanted to lose the pick in order that so it would be more easy so it'd be easier to trade future picks which yes. is sort of the exact opposite of the people who wanted to lose the pick so that john horse you know would lose his pick but some future gm that people want to see would get to keep his pick so i mean again like the logic kind of quickly gets kind of skewed and you can i think very reasonable people can have completely different um you know conclusions on this i think for me the main trade-off was i think everything really for the bucks long-term future comes down to can you get Giannis to sign his inevitable supermax extension in 2020 the year before he becomes a free agent and so how do you get as many assets as possible to convince him that this team is good enough to to stay and again there's no guarantee that a 17th pick is going to be some you know good asset Rashad Vaughn and DJ Wilson being very good examples of that um but it's it there's a chance right and um you know rolling the dice on a potential you know guy who you know maybe you have more like your second round luck in the first round for a change because mm-hmm. you found you know definite overachievers in the second round can you do that again in the first round that would obviously be a big boost because you know again a guy picked in june 
you know, by the summer of 2020, that could be a guy that actually means something to the Bucks, and maybe that's a guy who actually helps convince the Bucks that or helps convince Giannis to stay. And so that's kind of more my argument. I think the thing that scares me most is you kind of punt the the pick, the the conveyance of the pick down the road, and then disaster strikes in 1920. Giannis tears his ACL in the first yeah. game. You're a bad team, and all of a sudden, I think what is it? Is it is it top three protected in 2020? Something like that. You know, basically this, the protection sort of fall off over time. So if you're ba- if you're really bad in the future, all of a sudden the possibility is that you're not conveying a 17th pick in 28 or 16th pick in 2018. You're conveying the fifth pick in 2020 or something like that, right? Which is it's you know, one one through ten and 17 through 30 this year. One through three and 17 through 30 next year one through seven in 2020 and then unprotected in 2021 okay yeah so so in either 2020 or 2021 you know it could be a very high pick um if some kind of disastrous scenario strikes and that's obviously what you want to avoid so there is something to be said for just losing the pick in a year when you know you were okay and you were you you didn't have a disaster because i mean can you imagine if Giannis got hurt or you know the team goes off the rails in 2020 or 2021 and you lose you know, a lottery pick. Um, Are you that concerned about losing the eighth pick in 2020? Um, I'm not that concerned about it, but you know, again, like, because if it was unprotected in 2020 and in 20, like then I would say I get it. But by that point we're, we're past the event horizon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, So, but I guess, so the reason I find it interesting is because like you said, to me, it makes the most sense that you want to have a, this summer. The Bucks have no money. Like there, there's not. Well, gonna... maybe the mid level, depending. I mean, and sure. depending, but sure. if, especially if Jabari is not back for a lot of money, then you could have the mid level. Yeah. So the Bucks might have the mid level, which, as we've mentioned many times, <laughs> not the, not the place you want to be spending money. So. Either they have the mid-level or they have no money, and you need to find cheap assets. And I, I think for me, I'd prefer if one of those cheap assets would be a first-rounder. And I just think having that pick in, like you said, by the time Giannis would be super max eligible, you have this guy for two years, and if you hit on the pick even if you hit on it marginally like not a superstar or anything like that but just a solid role player that's that's one extra player and one more guy that that can help you and hopefully be cheap and contribute and make it easier to build a team around Giannis by the time that you need to you need to have a team and you need to show him that he should have faith in you to build a championship team as he gets ready to sign a Supermax. So uh, to me, it, it just, I, I don't know, it feels, it, like I said, it felt super obvious to me when I when I tweeted it out that getting to play the Celtics and getting to keep the pick, that feels like like the best of both worlds to me. That that feels really solid. That And I understand the, the concern over, you know, uh, a disastrous Giannis injury, and then all of a sudden you're giving up a a really high pick. But the highest pick you could give up in 2019 is fourth, and the highest pick you could give up in 2020 is eighth. So, like, I get it, um, but man, I know what 30 years of being a Bucks fan can do to you. Um, I get it, but 
Man, that that that's, uh, Bucks, that's Bucks. That's my Bucks fan paranoia, for sure. right? Like that that just feels like a, a pair, just a paranoid way to kind of view these things, and uh, it just felt like the the reasoning I've been given for why you'd want to lose the pick this year is totally paranoia or distrust in the front office based. Like there. Other than that, I just don't. I don't know if I agree with any type of logic because, again, I understand you want to be more flexible, or you want to be more flexible and be able to use all of your assets. But I feel like the same people that would be uh, complaining about giving up a first round pick are the people that are also arguing that you want to be more flexible to give up a first round pick. Like those are the people that would complain about the bucks in the future, sending off another first round pick for an asset that I would assume would help you now. So I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, it feels like a a strange circular argument where no matter what, you're going to be able to find a way to distrust the organization and say that, you know what, just, just get rid of the pick this year. And again, I understand it. I've followed the Bucks my entire life. Uh, I I understand why there would be a certain level of distrust, but it just felt like me. Like I said, it just felt like to me, it, it's obvious that I get to play the Celtics and keep the pick. That's awesome. That that sounds great. Yeah, and just imagine. I mean, how little are we going to have a talked about if the Bucks have no draft picks uh, oh my God. after a first round playoff series loss? I mean, we we might as well go into hibernation there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but but I think that's fair and. So do we want to talk through, I mean, do we want to talk through some of these other, like, less, like, lower, lower scenarios of, of how they could get dropped further? Or, I mean, fortunately, there really aren't that many scenarios because there's only one game left. Um, do you want to cover these off real quick and just... Sure. I mean, the, to get to the eighth spot, um, the Bucks have to lose and the Heat and the Wizards have to win. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the only way only way that they can get to eighth there is not uh and again we're only dealing with three games here so it's not like there's going to be infinite possibilities like it might be in the western conference uh but that would be the way to get to the eighth spot and then if the bucks lose and then one of the heat or wizards would win then it's the seventh spot uh and if everyone loses tomorrow night it'll be the sixth seed for the bucks uh yeah and i think that covers just about everything outside of with the Cavs and the Sixers trying to figure out exactly where they would be. Right. And if you're seventh or eighth, then it's simple because we already know who's going to be the one and two seeds. Um, but I think it just highlights, I mean, there, you know, I, for the last week or two, I mean, I've heard kind of people like allude to the idea of like, oh, well, you want to make sure, you know, you like, and again, I don't, some people have like used the word like tank for the seventh seed. And it's just like, there's not, there's no really elegant way to do this. Like if you <laughs> tank tough. for the seventh yeah. seed, you may also be tanking accidentally for the eighth seed. Um, so you're kind of, you know, to, to get cute with this is not really a, an option. Um, That's why, and, I mean, I'm fascinated to see if Giannis plays tomorrow night. Yeah. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I, I had assumed he would probably play on Monday. Um, Same. And, and I don't know what it says about their, about his relative health and also sort of their confidence that they didn't play him. Maybe they just felt like they didn't need him to beat yeah. the Magic. Which I mean, they they shouldn't need him to beat the Magic at home, given the way the Magic have been playing. And, and obviously, they they ultimately did. Um, because, but it's a very different story with the Sixers. And you know, again, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, and then there's a, you know, there's another layer on top of this because if you do go out and try to beat the Sixers. 
are you giving up? Like, are are you? How hard are you trying to beat the Sixers? If if that makes any sense, because if you try to beat the Sixers and lose to the Sixers, the Sixers are the third seed, and you, you'll drop and like that. It's like I don't know. Like, it just trying to think through all these permutations. Like, okay, so then you then avoid the Sixers if you lose to them and try hard, uh, but if you beat them then I'm trying, man, then they have to win. I'm trying to think, then the Cavs have to lose. Like, I don't know. There's just a a bunch of different stuff because I don't know how hard you want to go at this team because win or lose, you still might play them. Because there are, there's a scenario where you win and play the Sixers and there's a scenario where you lose and play the Sixers. Like, do you want to try to, you know, hold back some of uh, the tricks that you might have up your sleeve? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you do have the to Bucks think have about no it. Tricks up I don't think the Bucks have any tricks up Don't their say sleeve. that, Frank. I, they ran Spain PNR last night. So, <laughs> I, like, if they're running Spain pick and rolls, like, there might be some tricks up their sleeve. I, 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 just, I just assumed that was an accident. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... The other thing is too. I, I mean, I, I maybe if you're Greg Popovich and everybody's sort of afraid of you, you know, can you maybe hold stuff back, even if it maybe costs you a win at some point? But I mean, the Sixers, they've won 15 straight. Yeah, they're going to be so confident if if they, if they if you try and and they beat you and you still somehow end up six because the other team teams both lose their games as well. I mean, they're going to come into that first round series so mm-hmm. confident. The Bucks have not. I mean, they haven't had Giannis the last couple of games. They haven't. I don't. I don't even know when the last time the Bucks like played really a comprehensive <laughs> end to end game. I mean, the odds of the Bucks winning that series just feel really low, even though on pure talent it should be a competitive series. Yeah. Uh, versus, if you actually beat them, and even if it's not, you know, even if it's without Embiid. And who knows, right? I think like Simmons was questionable for tonight's game. He did play, with, um, but he was listed as questionable with gastroenteritis. Even if they like rested, you know, like Redick or you know, like one or two guys, um, I think it is important psychologically to beat the Sixers if you potentially are going to play yeah. them. Because you know, again, like the Cavs are probably going to beat the Knicks at home. I mean, that just seems is like a very like thing. Yes. Um, so if you beat the Sixers, odds are you're not going to have to play them in the first round and if you lose to them odds are you're not going to play them in the first round because odds are Miami and uh, Washington don't both lose but um, in that scenario where you might still have to play these guys I'd want to go all out because to be honest it's sort of like you know I mean unfortunately it's sad because right at the Sixers I, I think a lot of people a lot of fans of a lot of teams Bucks fans included and I think also people in the Bucks org i.e. Wes Eden's <laughs> got pretty smug about the Sixers the last few years, and now the Sixers are clearly a better team than the Bucks, and they're <laughs> the Bucks and every other franchise in the East is going to have to deal with the fact that um, they're they're playing catch up on Philly, and you know we can debate how much the process worked, but well, the Bucks like results, right? And the results <laughs> right now, they, the Sixers are clearly better than the Bucks, and so I think if they're the bully now, you know. Uh, the old Broad Street Bullies, uh, Flyers teams. If if the Sixers are the bullies in this relationship, I mean, what do you do to a bully? You punch him in the nose, right? Before yeah, he has a chance yeah. to do anything. Tomorrow's the chance. If you can beat them, I think it's important psychologically, right? Yeah. To to beat them going into the playoffs. If they come into the playoffs, granted, you could say, well, then they're uh, maybe they're right for a letdown. This team, that building, 
I mean, again, momentum, is that real, whatever. They're playing at a really high level right now, and anything you can do to break that up going into the playoffs, I think, would be a positive thing. And also, I mean, just for the Bucs, I mean, again, they have not played really particularly well. I mean, they've, other than that last game, they've scored a lot of points, but their defense has been terrible. If they can go and beat the Sixers, even a slightly, you know, diminished version of the Sixers and break that winning streak... It's something. I think that's a. I think that's a big boost going into the first round series, even if it means that you end up having to play the Cavs, for instance, which would be the most likely scenario if the Bucks win. Um, whatever, man. At least you go in on a win and and hopefully carry some momentum. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be really interesting. Personally, I mean, man, I think the, you know, and again, like all, the, the probabilities of things obviously are dependent on like multiple things happening. So. It's interesting because the projection models have the Wizards, like 530 has the Wizards as 55% likely to win in Orlando. Um, but it also has the Raptors at 64% likely to win in Miami. But again, that's not factoring in the fact that the Raptors are locked up. Of course, you know, yeah. you, in fact, High Lowry probably won't play. Will DeRozan play? I don't know. Um, whereas the Heat actually need to win that game. So, like, you know, you think about it. You know, are the Heat now like actually a seventy percent likely chance to win that game? Are the <laughs> Wizards because they have motivation a seventy percent likely chance to win yeah. um, that game? Well, then it's a fifty-fifty that you know you get both of those outcomes, right? That one wins and one loses. Um, and again, that could be you know maybe that is the ideal outcome for the Bucks if you want to face the Celtics. Obviously, you lose that game in Philly and <laughs> you split it. But again. You know that's not a that's not an airplane. You land, you play the game, and you just let the cards fall where they may. People are going to be so mad listening to this podcast. We've talked through thirty hypotheticals at this point, and I don't know if in the end any of it will make sense. So I hope you guys aren't lost yet. Um, but if you are, I don't blame you because this could go a bunch of ways. And man, I don't man. I, if they finish, if they finish eighth, I mean. I, I mean, like the the sort of the 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 masochist nature of Buck's Twitter, I think secretly kind of would like it because it could just lead to. I don't know if it would be the ultimate Buck's Twitter like meltdown night, but it would be validating sort of like the 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 most you know um, the most paranoid and and just <laughs> yep. bitter sort of instincts of, of Bucks fans certainly if if all those things line up that the Bucks lose the Raptors or the Heat win and, and the Wizards win just because you know again like the probabilities have been skewing towards the 17 <laughs> so hard um, that it, yeah but I mean and then on top play. of all of that uh, the Bucks will get the Raptors in game one Giannis on nine days rest and they'll crush the Raptors in game one and then everyone will come right back because that's That'd be how it goes. But yeah, man, the Bucks in the AC. Like I said, there's only one possibility, only one way that it can get done. And doesn't it almost feel like, yeah, that's how tomorrow night's ending, right? Like the Bucks will be the AC because <laughs> well, yeah, because like every individual piece of that makes feels sense. like makes feels like the most sense. likely thing. It does. The Bucks, Bucks should lose in Philly. Yep. The Heat should beat a resting Raptors team, and the Wizards should win. A, a shitty magic team absolutely but again like you know if the probabilities all have to add up and so three <laughs> things happening are, are never you know super likely but well never trust the bucks no never don't do it uh three team parlay though if you really want to make tomorrow night interesting <laughs> wow you can hedge, hedge your happiness as a bucks fan <laughs> uh wow um okay 
So let's uh, let's talk a little bit. I mean, I think I don't even know. Do we need to preview Bucks Sixers? We kind of just went through it. Uh, Sixers are a good basketball team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They are a team that should beat the Milwaukee Bucks, even without Joel Embiid. Uh, as Frank mentioned, 15 straight uh, for the Sixers. Uh, Marco Bellinelli, Italian ice, has been particularly icy as of late. Uh, just jacking shots up from all over the place, hitting a bunch of shots. Um, I mean, Ersan's had some moments for him. Pretty much whatever free agents they've signed, it's worked out. That 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 has gone well for them. Uh, ben Simmons looks fantastic. Uh, he's been great since Embiid has been out, and yeah, they are a scary basketball team. Anything else you wanted to add with the Sixers? I feel like we should call uh, we should call Marco Bellinelli instead of Italian Ice. We should nickname him Gelato. I feel like that's a better nickname. But okay, I'm done with uh, Gelato. Uh, also, just because I feel like he probably feels cool about being Italian ice, and I kind of want to take him down a peg. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can't underestimate. I mean, I think that's one of the things that certainly people have, have been talking about of late is the impact that getting the depth from Bellinelli and Ilyasova as, um, you know, from, from the waiver wire season, from the buyout season. Man, one uh, of these years, one of these guys is going to want to sign in Milwaukee, and it's going to be so cool, Frank. One of these years, it's going to happen. I don't know when. Hey, man. I don't know when it's going to happen. Don't forget about Shabazz Muhammad's twenty-two point game last uh, last month uh, last night. Um, oh but, yeah, but, that did happen. I forgot about it. Yeah, isn't there isn't there a chance that Minnesota could actually miss the playoffs? Is there that is. still on the table? Yes, Wouldn't yes, that be is. funny? Because like everyone was rumored to be getting bought out, and he said he wanted to join a playoff contender, and everyone was just like, including me, was like laughing at that because the six the Wolves seemed way better than any team that would be interested in him. Yep. And now it's like actually possible that Shabazz Muhammad <laughs> could be in the playoffs and everything comes down. I guess everything comes down to this last game, right? The Timberwolves and yep. Nuggets. It's, I think I saw that it's the first time that a final game of the season is a head to head for all the marbles type, so uh, type, type playoff game. So that's, that's, um, that's fun. It's basically like a wild card baseball game, I guess. Um, and I think that's the first time since 1997, I want to say that that's happened. So yeah, so that's pretty fun. Um, meanwhile, the Bucks, Heat, and Wizards are going to try to like not colossally screw up uh, for themselves, <laughs> themselves yep. which has been a challenge. A um, couple other things to note about this game. Uh, the Bucks are now plus 10 for the season. They have spent the vast majority of the season uh, as a negative. I'm not talking about like points per game or whatever. <laughs> I'm talking literally plus 10 over like 3,900 minutes of basketball. That is their net differential <laughs> for the season. Um, so again, there's uh, there's th- there's that. Um, if they lose by 11, that would feel kind of fitting um, to, to go just negative for the season, given that's kind of where they were for most of the year. Um, also, one statistical note, Giannis is averaging exactly 10 rebounds a game. Um, he has 743 rebounds in 74 games. Um, so... Uh, you know, as as a Giannis uh, stan, as a Giannis, uh, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word the phrase "stat whore," but that's what I am. Um, <laughs> I I really hope he does not drop below ten rebounds per game. I I, I enjoy the double double. Um, it, whatever, it's an arbitrary number, but um, but yeah, he's at seven hundred forty three rebounds. So if he gets seven re- if he plays and gets seven rebounds, then he will be at exactly ten rebounds per game. Um, I haven't done the math. I suppose he could probably get fewer than that, and it'll round up still to to ten. But um, we we need 
we need Giannis to not have like a you know two rebound game basically is is what what I need to uh, to be emotionally uh, satisfied. So. On on top of that, Frank, this is a stat that you will enjoy. If Giannis plays tomorrow and gets a steal and four blocks, then it'll be him in your favorite player of all time. 1993-1994 David Robinson is the only two players with a 27-10, four and a half assist, one and a half steal, one and a half block season. So, nice. so there's it. that. So there's that. There, there's the very. I feel like that's the most Frank Madden stat of all time. That, that comes, is. That comes from Jared Dubin, uh, our friend who's wrote many words over the years. But right now, uh, Giannis is looking at a 27, 10, four and a half, one and one season. Uh, that has been done five times since they started keeping track of blocks and steals. Uh, two years from Kareem, seventy three, seventy four, and seventy five, seventy six. One from Larry Bird. And then that aforementioned one from David Robinson. So um, already among elite, unique company um, could go to a next level with a steal in four blocks uh, tomorrow night. Or maybe he won't play and then he'll just be with those other four guys. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. I think that's I, I, a- I've got I, I've got a couple other. So I, I just did the quick the quick number crunch. Giannis needs at least four rebounds to get to nine point nine above nine point nine five. In which case, we'll round up and give him that double double. So, so today, give me, give me four rebounds if you play Giannis. And also, in order to, it's, it's. I'll just say this: he's not going to get to five assists per game. He would need fourteen assists tomorrow to get to five assists per game. So that statistical uh, milestone is is unlikely. Um, I don't know. The, a, the, like, let him go. Let 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 the Bucks go straight Thunder style here. And every time Giannis passes a ball, you shoot it. There's no in betweens. Like, Good point. if you do that, I think at some he'll get 14 assists. Like, it, it w- I think it would just happen. There would be no flow to the game, and you'd almost certainly lose. But I mean, does that matter if you're out here trying to get Russell Westbrook a triple double for the season? Like, that doesn't matter. You don't need to grab rebounds. Let him have them. So go get Giannis his assists. Be team, well, be team players, Bucks. I think if if the Bucks wanted to get Giannis assists. They would go into the set where he stands 35 feet from the hoop and tries to throw a jet, the ball coming off curl. Um, and I'm not sure he's had like a single assist doing that all year, but I feel like that's what the Bucks would think that they should do in order to get Giannis assist because that's that's their idea of point Giannis. So that's that's kind of a not not great thing. Um, okay, he's at, Frank. He's also a- I also will say this: Giannis 30.9 percent from three right now. Um, obviously, unlikely that he will um, will drop. You know, under. Uh, under 30 percent uh, based on this final game of the season but uh, it would be nice if he could you know stay in that range yes. uh, maybe make a three get over 31 percent that would be that would be a positive yeah and I mean I'm trying to think how many and like 139 three-point attempts as well like I wish it was a little bit more uh, but okay that that's not the most insignificant sample size. Um, Frank, I was going to ask you, they were talking a little bit about Westbrook and the Thunder's just ridiculous box out for Westbrook tactics. Um, And maybe it's not ridiculous. I understand if he grabs the rebound, he can start the break. I get how it all works um, and the trade that they say that they can make. I was thinking about this for the Bucks. There's no way that they could execute that, right? Like, they don't have enough... They don't have a Steven Adams that can actually box someone out and keep them from that rebound, right? Like, if you told John Henson, don't go after this rebound, 
just back somebody out so Giannis can grab it. They wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, on like free throw, the, the, probably the most egregious example is on free throws, yes. where like their two inside men, the two big guys, will box out and let Westbrook like come running in yeah. um, to the paint to grab the rebound. I mean, that's sort of the most egregious stuff to me, to be honest, because it's like, how hard is it for the guy with inside position to just grab the rebound? I mean, that that's probably the most bizarre thing, but. Um, Giannis obviously is normally one of those guys who's in inside position anyway. So, I mean, it kind of, it kind of works out, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I've, I've conflicted feelings about it. Um, I just think I, I, the thing I like most about though, is that it just sort of underscores that Steven Adams, who's, you know, rebound God, stats so are good. generally pretty under underwhelming, but then you look at box out stats and they're always very good because he's doing the dirty work and he doesn't care because he's Steven Adams and he's awesome and he's a great quote and he's a great player. And, he's so um, good. I'm I'm glad that like now whenever I listen to podcasts like everybody likes to note that the Thunder big three is is Stephen Adams along with mm-hmm. Paul George and Russell Westbrook and nobody is under any illusion that Carmelo Anthony is is better than Stephen Adams which oh, I feel like we're, I feel like things are are heading in the right direction in terms of uh, the world of basketball when when people understand that I would agree all right I think we're good Bucks Sixers and a whole bunch of other games. I was, I was trying to think of them off the top of my head. Cavaliers and Knicks, Raptors and Heat, and Magic and Wizards all tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We will wait for all of them to get done, and then we will record a podcast after that. We will dis- discuss everything that's going on and try to let you know exactly who the Bucks have. And then as the days go forward, we will, we will have a, a playoff preview. I can tell you right now that I already know my uh, Friday guest. It will be Dean Maniat, and we will do a playoff preview. So all of you that have been asking for more at all the Bucks on the podcast, you will get that this Friday. Right, yeah, because we only have one. Yeah, that'll be two podcasts away. So make sure you join us for that. We'll do a a series preview and try to get you ready for the Bucks playoff series. Whether that starts on Saturday or Sunday, we will do all of that after tomorrow's podcast, where we actually know how the Bucks did against the Sixers and who they'll be playing. We'll break it all down tomorrow night after the game. For Frank Man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked On Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.